0: Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from OTRGold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Terry Grant, Rosalind Russell. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Your host, the director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor.
1: Good evening, everyone. Your neighborhood good Gulf dealer and the Gulf Oil Companies welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. During the next half hour, you're going to hear a rollicking yarn about the craziest business in the world, the newspaper game. It's His Girl Friday, starring Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant, with music by Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra with Frank Tours conducting. In just about two quick ticks of a watch, our two box office champions will come out of their corners fighting. While we're waiting for that to happen, I'd just like to remind you folks that today you're getting a lot more car for your money than ever before. And you might naturally think that the bigger the car, the more complicated the engine, the more care you'd have to give it. But thanks partly to your friend, the good Gulf dealer, cars today are actually easier to care for. Of course, there are some mighty important things to see to. Such things, for instance, as checking the oil, the water, and the tires. If things like that aren't done and done regularly, you may be in for a heap of trouble. That's why it's just plain common sense to stop at your local Gulf dealers. You see, he's trained himself to look after such things. Every month, he gets a special eight-page folder with information about the latest cars, how to care for them, what things to look for that might cause you trouble. So give him a chance to give you really top-notch service. Tomorrow, stop at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc at your neighborhood good gulf viewers. <laughs> and here come the stars. Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell are just making their entrances on our gulf theater stage. The house lights fade, and here are Rosalind Russell as Hildy Johnson and Cary Grant as Walter Burns. I'll play the part of Bruce Baldwin. And now, his girl Friday. <laughs> The office of Walter Burns, managing editor of the Morning Post. The door opens to admit Hildy Johnson, ex-star reporter and former wife of Walter Burns, who has dropped in for a farewell visit with her one-time husband. Walter's busy talking on the phone and doesn't see Hildy.
2: Don't give me that, Duffy. You drag your bloody carcass out of that juke joint. Find the governor. You are doing in a juke joint. I can hear music through the phone. You tell him, Walter. Shut up. Now listen, Duffy, the governor has to sign that reprieve because if Earl Williams gets hung tomorrow morning, the Morning Post is washed up. Now find the governor. Love all the petrified pit.
3: Hilde!
2: Hello, Walter.
3: Well, Hilde,
2: Hilde, here. It's good to see you.
3: Thanks, Walter.
2: Let's see. Uh, how long has it been?
3: Well, I was in Reno six weeks, then Bermuda. Oh, about four months, Walter.
2: Ah, uh, Hilde, you look wonderful. Yeah, you look like the latest edition right off the press.
3: And aren't you sorry your subscription's been cancelled? <laughs>
2: Hildy, I could cry. You did the wrong thing. You never should have divorced me. Makes a fellow lose all faith in himself. Gives him a feeling he wasn't wanted.
3: Now, that's a beautiful understatement, but you see, that's what divorces are for.
2: Nonsense, Hildy. You've got the old-fashioned idea that divorces last till death do us part. Well, divorce doesn't mean anything today. Hildy, we've got something between us. Nothing can change.
3: Oh, I suppose that's true in a way. That a girl. I just wish you weren't such a stinker. Hmm? <laughs> Now, why did you promise not to fight our divorce and then do everything you could to gum up the whole work?
2: Oh, well, I was only a husband trying to protect his home. What home? What home? Don't you remember the home I promised you since we got back from our honeymoon five years ago?
3: Oh, what a honeymoon. Instead of two weeks in Atlantic City, we spent two weeks in a caved-in coal mine with a man named Krupsky. <laughs> yeah,
2: wasn't that a whale of a story? Oh, look, what's the use of fighting, Hildy? You come back to work on the paper, and if you find we can't get along in a friendly way, we'll get married again.
3: What? Oh, Walter, you are wonderful in a loathsome sort of way. Well, thanks be to heaven, you're no longer my husband and no longer my boss. Look, third finger, left hand.
1: Hmm,
2: very pretty ring. Isn't it? Yep, wonderful what you buy at the dime stores.
3: Now, this was given to me, Walter. I am getting married, and I'm Hmm. also getting as far away from the newspaper business as I can get.
2: Really? Hmm. What do you do? Get some poor guy drunk, make Google eyes at him?
3: Why, you bumbleheaded baboon. If all you don't right, stop, all he...
2: right. Go ahead, get married. I know his type, one of those matrimonial draft dodgers.
3: <laughs> Where'd you meet this heel? On the beach in Bermuda.
2: What is he, a beach comer? What's his name?
3: His name is Bruce Baldwin, and Baldwin, he's in the Baldwin? insurance business. Hmm. And he's kind and he's sweet, and he treats me like a woman.
2: Now how did I treat you? Like a water buffalo? <laughs>
3: And he wants a home and children.
2: Oh, my. Well, it sounds more like a guy I ought to marry.
3: <laughs>
4: hey,
2: don't you think I ought to meet this paragon and, well, you know, sort of congratulate him?
3: That's well, so sweet of you, Walter, but when you're sweet, somebody always gets loused up.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Hildy, Hilde, you don't mean to say you're afraid to have me meet him?
3: Afraid? Now, why should I be afraid? I'll call him in. He's right outside.
2: Baldwin, Baldwin, I knew a Baldwin once, Pickpocket in St. Louis, couldn't be... <laughs> oh, Bruce! Yes,
3: Hildy? Come in, dear.
1: Is, uh, is anything wrong?
3: No, no, everything's under control, Bruce. I want you to shake hands with the best managing editor and the worst husband I ever had, Walter Burns.
1: Well, this is a mighty fine pleasure, Mr. Burns. Well, thank you, Bill. Give me back my hand.
3: Well,
0: well, well.
1: <laughs> You're the lucky man, huh?
2: You know, Bruce certainly hate to lose Hildy. She's a fine newspaper man. If I ever needed her, this is the time. Now,
3: no
1: office, Walter. Earl Williams' case. I'm afraid I'm behind in the news, Mr. Burns. Uh, Who is Earl Williams?
2: Well, he was just a poor little bookkeeper who lost his job. He went screwy, traveling around the parks making soapbox speeches. A cop came to quiet him down, Bruce. Yeah, Williams shot the cop, and tomorrow morning, Williams hangs. Well, if
1: Williams was crazy when he did it, why doesn't the state put him away? Well, no, because there's an election coming up in a few days, and the mayor is using the gallows for a bandwagon.
3: Yeah, the mayor would hang his own grandmother to be reelected.
1: Well, I'm certainly glad you told me. I won't vote for him.
4: Yeah. No.
1: Uh, spoken like a true rover boy, Bruce.
3: <laughs> now, look, Walter... Don't they have to have another expert examine Williams before they hang him? Sure, a
2: guy named Engelhoff is going to do it. He'll say Williams is sane just like the rest.
3: Well, suppose he does.
2: Uh, what do you mean, Hildy? Now,
3: look, Walter, why don't you get an interview with Earl Williams? Uh-huh. Then print Engelhoff's statement. Yeah, yeah. And right alongside of it, you know, double-column yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, you run the Williams interview. Uh-huh. And says he's sane, yeah. and the interview shows he's goofy. Oh, Hildy,
2: it's wonderful. You could do it. You could save that poor devil's life.
3: Yes, I know. I... Oh, no, I couldn't, Walter. No, Bruce couldn't, and I Walter. are taking the 4 o'clock train to his home in Albany. Now, well,
1: Hildy, we could take the 6 o'clock train if it would save a man's life. No, hey, hey, listen
3: to Bruce. No, Bruce, I am through with this crazy business.
1: Well, that's all right. Now, look, Brucey, boy. I'll tell you what. You persuade Hildy to do this story, you can write yourself a nice fat policy for oh, me. Oh, Mr. Burns, I couldn't use my wife for business purposes.
3: Uh... Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Bruce. What's the commission on a nice fat policy of, say, uh... $10,000? No, let's quick. say $100,000.
1: Too quick. Oh, $100,000. Now, wait a minute. dollars Well, the commission on that would be 1000 Bruce,
3: Bruce, we could use the $1,000. Now, how long would it take to have Walter examined? Oh, I
1: could get a company doctor here in ten minutes. How
3: about it, Tiger?
1: Oh, I thought you meant me. Okay, okay, get the company All doctor. right, all
3: right, it's a deal. Now, look, Bruce, I'll be in the press room of the criminal courts building. That's right by the jail where they've got Williams. Now, you phone me as soon as you've got Walter's check, and be sure it's certified. Huh.
1: maybe you'd like my fingerprints, too.
3: <laughs> no, thanks, I've still got those. <laughs> Hey, Bruce, how much money have you got on you?
1: Five hundred dollars.
3: It'll be safer with me. But Hildy... Now, not really, dear. I know what I'm doing. Mr. Burns might get you into a crap game. But
1: Hildy, I don't gamble.
3: Darling, I knew a little man once who didn't drink till he met Walter Burns. Now they've got him in a bottle at Harvard. (laughs) Now, let me have the money, dear, Well,
1: all right, here.
3: Thank you, darling. Now, Walter, no tricks.
2: No tricks, Hildy. Honest across my heart. I'll even go
3: further
4: than
2: that.
3: I know. You'll double-cross mine.
0: Criminal courts press room. Oh?
3: Hey, Hildy, it's for you. Thanks, Jake. Hildy Johnson speaking. Oh, hello, Bruce. You got the check? Certified? Oh, fine, dear. Wait a minute, though. Maybe it isn't so fine. Look, Bruce, put the check in your hat. In your hat, dear? Yeah, I know it sounds silly, Bruce, but, but do it for me. And don't let Mr. Byrne see you. That's fine, dear. Now go right down to the railroad station and wait for me. I'll be there just
2: in Hello? Walter Byrne speaking. Who? Oh, yes, Louis. Look, I've got a job for you. No, you don't have to croak anybody. All you have to do is pick up a beefy gent by the name of Bruce Baldwin at the railroad station. He's got my certified check in his wallet. And I want that check back, you understand? Great. Oh, oh, Louie. You think you can fix it so that Mr. Baldwin would be very busy around four o'clock? Fine, thanks.
3: Hello, Hildy Johnson speaking. Yes, Bruce. Where are you? You're what? In jail? For stealing whose watch? His name is Louie. Now listen, don't worry, dear. Just hang up and I'll get you out of there right away. That double-faced, triple-crossing, two-timing snake. I'll show him he can. Hello? Hello, Walter. I've got some news for you. Now get this, you double-crossing chimpanzee. If I ever lay my two hands on you again, I'll hammer that monkey skull of yours so hard it'll ring like a Chinese gong. Oh, you don't, don't you? Well, maybe Louie can tell you why Bruce is in jail for stealing somebody's watch. Goodbye, you run over heel! I'm going to Albany and you can go to... Well, boys, you heard it. So long, you copy slaves.
2: Are you leaving, Hildy? does my heart good to hear Walter Burns told off. When we see you again, Hildy.
3: You and the criminal court's building are never going to see me again, Jake. I'm going to be a wife and not a news-getting machine for a two-faced maniac. I'm never even going to read a newspaper again. I'm going to Albany and settle the... Hey, what's that? It's a jailbreak. Hey, look, it's Williams. He's crawling along the edge
2: of that roof there. Get out of my way. Hello?
4: Murphy speaking. Give me the desk. Hey, Mike, get this. Earl
3: Williams just... Shut up, you luckhead, and get this. Earl Williams just escaped from the county jail. Yes, yes, don't worry, Walter. Hildy's on
2: the job. Hello, Hello Walter. Hilda. What goes on? Tells you're on the job. Oh, yes,
3: weasel. i got to get the exclusive story, and I've got it now on Williams and how he escaped. But it cost me 500 bucks to tear it out of the ward. Never mind that. What's the story? You'll get it when you pay me the 500. That money belongs to Bruce. Oh, you'll
2: get it back. I swear it on my mother's grave. All right, wait. All right, right, I'm my grandmother's grave. Don't be so technical. Well,
3: send over the money and you get the story. Otherwise, no soap. What's
2: the matter with you, Hildy? Why worry about a little money? I'll see if you get it right away. Hold the wire a second. Louis. Yeah, boys. I need $500 worth of counterfeit money. No, I just happen to have it on me. Thanks. Hello, Hildy. The money's on the way. Louis's starting right
3: now. He'll be there with the $550 minutes. He's going to pass the bank anyway. Okay, Walter. Wait a minute. It's after 3 o'clock. The banks are closed. Not
2: to Louis. Now, listen, Hilde. While you're waiting, see if you. Can
3: with this. Okay, Walter, well, I'll call you back a little later. What a day.
4: Uh, come in here, Fred. I think we can... Oh, oh, hello, Miss Johnson. I thought this room was vacant.
3: Greetings, Sheriff Hartwell. Hello, Hildy. And the mayor, too. Well, well, I imagine after what's happened, you two boys want to be alone. We'll see you see me on the front page.
2: Huh, did you hear that, Sheriff? This
4: blunder of yours will
2: make me the laughing stock of the town. No,
4: Mayor, Williams can't get away.
2: If he Is? does, I'm absolutely washed up in next week's election. Why, his hanging was one of my solemn campaign promises. What do you want?
0: My name is Pettibone. I
2: don't care who you are. I said, what do you
0: want? I'm looking for Sheriff Peter B. Hartwell. I'm the mayor. He's the sheriff.
4: Well, go away, Mr. Pettibone. I'm busy.
0: But, Sheriff, I've got a message for you from the governor. It's a reprieve for Earl Williams. What? What does this mean, Sheriff? You promised me there wasn't going to be a reprieve. Well, now, Fred, how did
1: I Mr. Know?
4: Pettibone. Who else was there when the governor gave you that reprieve?
0: Why, nobody, mayor. He was out fishing. Hmm. Hello.
4: Hello. Yes, yes, this is the sheriff. What? Holy Moses! Fred, the rifle squad has Williams trapped right up on the roof. Cover
0: up that mouthpiece. Listen, you, Mister. Teddy, Petty Bone, you never arrived at this reprieve. Yes, see? but I here's really a hundred st- bucks that says you did. Oh, you yeah. understand? You never brought this reprieve. Well, I don't know whether my wife would. Yeah, like you the... got her this address, and now you forget you ever had a uh, wife. It's uh, on the mayor Sent you. Goodbye. Fred, the captain in charge of the rifle squad, is still on the phone. Good.
4: Well, what'll I tell them to do about Williams? You
0: tell him to shoot the kill.
3: Hello. Hello, Walter. Hildy. I'm back in the press room. I just called to say goodbye. Oh, you got the money? Yes, Louie brought the 500, and I'm going to get Bruce out of jail on the way to the railroad station. No hotkeys, Hildy. No, no, of course there's no hotkeys. Hard... Walter. What's the matter? There's someone at the window. He crawled out from the roof. Walter, listen. Drop that phone. Williams Stand back Put that gun down, Earl No, I won't You're not going to shoot me, Earl Why, I'm your friend
2: I don't believe you You're going to tell them I'm here so they'll hang me
3: Earl, Earl, put down that gun
2: I'm going to kill you Earl I guess I used all the shells I can't shoot you, I can't shoot anybody
3: Earl, you must never do that again Give me that gun I'm awful tired I couldn't go through another day like this I couldn't go through the last minute. Oh, they'll hang me now, right out there, right through the gallows. Oh, no, 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 they won't. Look. Now, listen, don't worry, Earl. I'll save you. If there were only some place to... Earl, get in that desk. Oh, no, no, it's too no, late. No, no, it isn't too late. The desk, the other reporters won't find you in there. Get in the big roller-top desk and pull the lid down. Come on, come on, Earl, get in. Well, all right. You can trust me, Earl. Now, listen, pull the lid down and remember, whatever happens, don't make a sound. Hello, hello, Walter. Are you still there? Listen, I'm all right. I really am. Now, listen, stick on that hat of yours and beat it over here as fast as you can. I've got the hottest exclusive story in town wrapped up in a roll of top desk. Mr. Burns, believe it or not, your ace reporter, Hildy Johnson, has just captured Earl Williams.
1: That, folks, was Act One. Gary Grant and Rosalind Russell will be back following our usual brief intermission, which we will put to good use with some mighty helpful information.
0: A man or woman who drives a car hears a lot of talk about motor oils, and a good deal of it can be mighty confusing. And yet any motorist can easily determine just how good a motor oil actually is. You can tell with your eyes, your ears, and your pocketbook. Take Gulf Pride motor oil, for instance. Use Gulf Pride in your car, and your eyes tell you that Gulf Pride stays up to the full mark a long, long time. Your ears tell you that Gulf Pride helps keep your motor purring like a contented kitten. And your pocketbook tells you that Gulf Pride helps keep repair bills down with a capital D. That's because Gulf Pride motor oil is refined by the famous Alchlor process, a process that makes Gulf Pride more resistant to the chemical breakdown of oil that's caused by air. So, being more air-resistant, Gulf Pride forms less sludge, less carbon, less engine varnish. Naturally, then, it lasts longer, gives you finer lubrication, and saves you money. So, next time, let your eyes, your ears, and your pocketbook be your guide, and get Gulf Pride Motor Oil.
1: Now the curtain of the gulf screen Guild fit is ready to rise on the second act of Ben Hecht and Charles MacArthur's great play, His Girl Friday. Starring Rosalind Russell as Hildy Johnson and Cary Grant as Walter Burns, her ex-husband and managing editor of the Morning Post. It's a short time later, and Walter, in response to Hildy's excited summons, has arrived at the press room at the criminal Court building. He's bending over the roll-top desk where Hildy has hidden the escaped Earl Williams. Hildy, having completely forgotten that Bruce Baldwin, her fiancé, is still waiting for her to get him out of jail, is pounding out her story on the typewriter.
2: Give it all you got, Hildy. You smear it over the front page. Hey, Gerald Williams, captured by the morning post. Hey, Williams, how are you doing in there? Let
3: me out. I can't stand it.
2: Keep quiet. I kept the blonde in there for three days. Once, what have you got to squawk about? Maybe
3: he wants you to put the blonde back.
2: <laughs> Hello? Yep, yeah, Duffy. Duffy, here's your lead for that story. The blackest page in American history. You got that? Set it up. I'll shoot you in the coffee just as fast as Hildy pounds it out. Walter, Duffy. I just happened to think. Hello, Duffy. You still there? All right, look. Send over Butch and a dozen strong arm guys. I want to move Williams and the desk out of here. Walter,
3: I've got to go. Load
2: all out the window with pulleys, you dope. Can you imagine that? Hey, Hildy, where do you think you're going?
3: I've got to get Bruce out of jail. Are you
2: crazy? How can you worry about a man who's resting in a nice, quiet police station while this is going on? Hildy, this is war. You can't desert me. I've got to collect
3: clues and catch that train. We're getting married.
2: You drooling idiot. There are 365 days in a year you can get married. How many times you got a murderer locked up in a desk? Once in a lifetime. Hildy, you've kicked over the city hall like an apricot. you got the man, the sheriff, backed against the wall. This isn't just a newspaper story. It's a career. And you stand there worrying about getting married.
3: Gee, Walter, I, I never figured
2: it that way. I Hildy. They'll be naming streets after you. They'll be statues over you In the park. The radio will be after you. The movies. By tomorrow morning, I'll bet you there's a Hildy Johnson cigar. I can see the billboards now. It says, Line up with Hildy Johnson. Oh, Walter, stop come
3: that hammer.
2: we got a lot of work to do? Yeah, now, you're talking. Now, as Butch and the boys get here and move Williams and the desk over to my office. Now, sit down that typewriter get the story rolling. All right,
3: Walter. Can I call the mayor a bird of prey? Call him anything you like.
2: Give him the works. What the blazes happened to Butch? Why doesn't he. Is that you, Butch? No, me, Oh, ain't so fast, you brute. Now what the devil do you want? Why didn't you stay in jail? Well, I've got to talk to Hildy. Well, come on in.
1: I've got to keep this door shut. Hildy, uh, Hildy. What?
3: Oh, Bruce, how did you get out of jail?
1: Well, not through any help of yours. Will you please tell me? I'd be trying. To tell him you tell him nothing. He's a spy. Hildy. Now you keep out of this. Hello. Yes, it's Walter Burns. Uh, Hildy, what happened? to A you?
3: story, Bruce. A wonderful story. Now wait a minute, Butch. What do you, you mean you, know you can't You know what I had over? to do,
1: Hildy. I had to wire home for hundred dollars. really? Oh, I'm sorry,
3: Bingo. Bruce. Really. Here's your five hundred you gave me to keep. I'll explain what? everything later. Now listen, Butch. I'm depending on you. Wait a second, Hildy. But please
2: get going on that story. Yes, well, excuse me, But, Bruce, Hildy. Please. This isn't the money I gave oh, you. I know. What?
3: I know. I spent that. I got this from Waterman. Yeah, now get
2: this straight, Butch. You made tracks over here,
1: Hildy. Dear, I'm taking that nine o'clock train. I
2: don't forget to bring your
1: bag. Are you coming to Albany with but me, I'm Hildy? pounding
2: on you, Butch. Don't let me down. Did you hear me?
3: I said, are you
1: why, Hildy. What kind of girl, Hildy? Now, you shut up, Mr. Burns. What? You're doing all this to her. Hildy, I don't think you love me oh, at all. Darn
3: it, I broke my nail. Yeah, Look I see what you said. did? You I, broke her I nail. I
1: see what you are now. You're just a reporter. A story means more to you than a clean, honest life in Albany. Oh. But in case you come to your senses, I'll be at the station waiting for the 9 o'clock train. Goodbye. Now, oh,
2: can you imagine a guy like that? Now, come on, come on, Hildy. Keep that tide right now, look here, you. I can't stay in here any longer. Hey, Williams, get back in that desk, you mock turtle, and stay there. Don't come out again unless you hear three knocks. Like that. Now, you got that? Good. Now, sit tight. Now, how's it coming, Hildy? Pretty
3: good. Where's
4: Bruce? Bruce? Bruce?
2: Who's Bruce? Bruce? Oh, Bruce! Went out to get a cup of coffee. Oh,
3: is he coming back?
2: I didn't... You hear what he said? Sure he's coming back. Oh. Hildy, you'll be back in any minute. Keep that coffee rolling. Uh-huh. Stop it. Oh, he is? All right, all right. When he comes back down to get Malone this boys. I got a hunch butcher's ranted on this. Call me back. Well, what have you got, Hildy?
3: And while hundreds of the sheriff's relatives spread their reign of terror, Earl Williams was lur- lurking just twenty yards away. Oh, right, Meanwhile, up your teeth. the mayor, you you double what are, what are you in there for? I mean you, you backfiring Zach Otter. I just remembered. Remember what? Bruce isn't coming back here at all. He said he was taking the nine o'clock train. Oh, well,
2: in that case, he's gone by now. Don't sit there like a frozen robin. Get on with the story. What a
3: sap I am. Yes, well,
2: now you've had a nice rest. Get back to work.
3: I'm not going back to work, Walter Baines. I'm still, oh, now listen to me. I've still got ten minutes to meet Bruce and catch the nine o'clock train, and I'm going.
4: Now, Hilly, don't
3: open that dog. I'm going to Bruce. don't! Just don't try and stop me,
4: that's all. Oh, hello, Hildy. Oh, hello, Sheriff. We were just looking for you. Listen,
3: Sheriff, I've got a train to catch. Better hold it, Sheriff. Yeah,
4: she you want to are cooking up something? Now, oh, wait a minute, boys. What do you mean by breaking in here like this?
3: Oh, let go of me, will you? Ask her where Williams
4: is. Hildy doesn't know anything. Hildy, I want you to talk. All right, what
3: do you want me to say? What
4: do you know about Earl Williams? What do
3: you know about Earl Williams? Oh, no,
4: I've got ways of making you talk. Hildy, you're under arrest. And you too, Burns. Who's under arrest? Listen, you
2: insignificant, square-toed, drooped, snooted spy. Do you realize what you're doing?
4: I'll show you what I'm doing. Burns, you're obstructing justice, and I'm going to see that you're fined $10,000. You'll
2: see nothing of the kind, so work.
4: And I'm going to begin by impounding the morning post property. Is that roller top desk yours? No! There.
3: Why,
2: of course it is, Hildy. Why lie to the sheriff? Sheriff! I dare you to move that desk out of here.
3: Oh, why, yes, Sheriff. You just dare move it out.
2: I warn you, Sheriff, you touch this desk,
4: you'll be sued.
3: Oh, what's that? <laughs> what
4: was that? There's someone in that desk.
3: No, it was just my knees knocking, Sheriff.
4: You've got Williams in that desk. Get
3: out your guns, it. Get
4: out your guns, men.
3: Oh, wait a minute, don't shoot
4: him, he's harmless Williams is a dangerous criminal, shoot right through the desk No, Don't up it! Keep away from that pole You want to get a scoop, you're a beagle-faced monk well, Everybody aim at the center When I say three, murder. Oh, he one, he a two Hello, daily bulletin, hold the press and... Williams!
2: I couldn't stay on there any longer, Miss Hildy Go ahead, sheriff. I give up. Go ahead, shoot me.
4: He's unarmed, boys. We got him. Flash,
2: Earl Williams Captain in criminal court's press room. Flash, and Duffy, boys. Flash, Flash, Williams in desperate struggle. The police overpowered him. Take him away, boys.
4: I'll be with you as soon as I finish with these two. Come on, Williams. Ah, oh, Duffy. The morning post just turned Williams over to the sheriff. Uh, give me that phone, Byrne. Well, Sheriff, what's all the excitement? We got Williams, Mayor. Caught these two red-handed trying to kidnap him. Splendid, Sheriff. I think they both get ten years for this.
3: Anytime you think you can lick the morning post, Mayor, it's time for you to get out of town. Yeah, we've
2: been in worse jams than this, haven't we, Hildy? No, Walter, we haven't. Thanks, Ed. You forget the power that always watches over the morning post, Mayor. Hello, Duffy. Get my lawyer. All the lawyers in the world aren't going to... Get Hey, boy, your boys!
1: your boys, oh boy. Hey, Ball, I mean, who is this man? Why, don't you remember me, Mayor? I'm the man that brought you the Earl Williams reprieve. Wait a minute.
2: You don't mean a reprieve from the government. Of course
0: not, Oh, know. but of course. Yes. And here's your money back, Mayor. My wife said I shouldn't take bribes.
3: Bribes? Who was trying to bribe you? A hundred dollars. That's all we give. Well, the man's
4: an imposter never. Besides, he's insane. Uh-huh.
3: You're both another.
0: Why,
4: uh, I, I gave them the Earl Williams reprieve
0: hours ago, but they gave it right back to me, and a hundred dollars to forget all about it.
2: Uh-huh, so you would hang an innocent man, would you? Trying to
3: swing an election with a rope, Harry? Eh? No, no, no,
2: no, I wouldn't hang an innocent man. <laughs> My dear girl, you've you got the wrong attitude. My
3: dear man, Williams almost got the wrong altitude. Right.
2: Let's forget this little incident. Come along, Sheriff. We'll take dear Mr. Pettibone over to the warden's office and deliver this reprieve ourselves. I'm sure it's all a little misunderstanding that might happen to
3: That was a tight squeeze, Walter. Yeah.
2: Hello. Hello. Give me Duffy. Oh,
3: well, of course, there was the time we stole old lady Haggerty's stomach off the car on his table.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah, we had some swell times, Hildy. A million laughs, but it's all over and you're doing the wise thing, Hildy. The newspaper game is a bad business. Well, right. you better get going. Meet Bruce.
3: Oh. Oh, gee, Bruce is gone by this time.
2: Well, send him a wire, honey. Meet him in Albany.
3: You really mean that, Walter?
2: Sure, I mean it. Now, can't you understand I'm doing something noble for once in my life? Get out of here, honey, before I change my mind.
3: Walter, gee, listen a minute, will you? Uh... Now,
2: now, I know I made fun of Bruce. I know I got him in Dutch. You know why?
3: Why, Walter?
2: Uh, Because I was jealous of him. You were? Yes, because he can give you the sort of life you want, Hildy. I'm sorry. I promise you, Bruce will have no more trouble.
3: Well, I... You know, I could stay and do the story and take the train in the morning. No, no, no. Forget
2: it. Forget it. You better go. Hello, Duffy. Read me what you got so far.
3: I'll get the other phone. Hello. Yes, this is Hildy Johnson. The 43rd Street Police Station. Did you say Bruce Baldwin? Arrested again? For passing counterfeit money.
2: Oh, oh, hold on, Duffy. A little trouble coming up on this end.
3: Assurance counterfeit? And he says I gave it to him. Oh, I see. Goodbye.
2: Now, no, 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 Hildy, I think I can explain. I don't
3: blame you for being
2: mad and... Well, if you're going to throw that telephone at me, go ahead. Get it over
3: with. Oh, Walter, you darling.
4: Huh? Oh, honey, what are you crying
2: about? Oh, now, you never cried before.
3: Oh, I thought you really wanted me to go away with Bruce. I thought you didn't love me.
2: Oh. <laughs> now, what were you thinking with, honey? Yeah,
3: I don't know. <laughs> well, what are you standing there gawking for? Send Louis down to the jail and give sure. Bruce some honest money so he can go back to Albany where he belongs.
2: Hello, Duffy. Everything's fine now. Hilly and I are coming back to the office. No, she's not quitting. We're going to be married again.
3: Walter, can we
2: go on a honeymoon this time? Certainly, darling. Jeez. Duffy, you can be married right together Well, I'm on my honeymoon. Atlantic
3: City, Walter. Yeah, Atlantic
2: City, Hilda.
3: A whole two weeks, Walter. Certainly, a whole
2: two... Wait a minute. What's that, Duffy? A strike? What strike? In Albany?
3: Oh, and well, no, I can't All ask you right, know, a all of... right. We'll honeymoon in Albany.
2: Fine, fine. Hey, Hilda. What? Well, I just saw this on me. Albany. What
4: is it, Walter? Hey, I wonder if Bruce has got a spare room.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Terry Grant and Rosalind Russell. It was swell of you to give up time from busy shooting schedules to do this performance tonight in the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, our stars contribute their performances here in the Gulf Theater, and the money which the stars would normally receive, Gulf gives instead to the Motion Picture Relief Fund toward the building of a home for the less fortunate members of the picture industry. Next week, the marquee of the Gulf Theater will read Ginger Rogers and William Powell. Ginger Rogers, in her first radio appearance since winning the Academy Award, starred with one of your favorite screen comedians, William Powell, in Lucky Partners. It's a story about a girl and a psychology-minded artist whose luck changes the minute they meet. Everything goes splendidly until they decide to go on an experimental vacation together a week before the girl is to marry another man. It's one of the funniest comedies of the season. There'll be music, of course, by Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra with Frank Tours conducting. So tune in the Gulf Screen Guild Theater next Sunday night at this same time. It's William Powell and Ginger Rogers in Lucky Partners. and Russell will soon be seen in MGM's The Uniform. Cary Grant's latest for Columbia Pictures is Penny Serenade. And remember, you've a date to attend the Gulf Theater a week from tonight when we present Lucky Partners starring Ginger Rogers and William Powell. Until next week then, this has been Roger Pryor speaking for your neighborhood good Gulf dealer.